This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Praise the Lord. Good morning to you all over there. How you all doing? Good. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Well, folks, welcome back. We're excited to be here for another edition of the Warning Program with Dr. Jonathan Hansen coming to you live from headquarters in Stanwood, Washington, World Ministries International. Dr. Hansen, would you like to open us in prayer? Father God, we thank you again for this time we have, opportunity we have to serve you together, Lord. Bless Shannon, dear God, his ministry. Lord, continue to bless World Ministries International as we sound the alarm to the church without walls, Lord, to the body of Christ around the world. Father God, let us do everything we can to prepare them for your second coming and the battle that is lying ahead of us all. We're already in this spiritual battle. People are already feeling the effects of loss of freedom. It's only going to intensify. So let us understand, dear God, what the battle is all about and what the feasts are all about, dear God, as trumpets, atonement, and the tabernacles, the return of Christ, where he will be with us forever and ever. Be with us today, I pray, and we just love you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I've got a great program today. I interviewed a man named George Carneal. He wrote the book, From Queer to Christ. You're going to enjoy this conversation we have, and then Dr. Buckhart and I talk about pastors leading the cause for freedom. Let's begin. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International as well as Eagle Saving Nations, please go to my website, www.worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. You need to join Eagle Saving Nations. We've got to have another national revival. That's a great awakening. That means repentance at a national level. If not, we're losing America. Judgment is going to come down. Four sins bring judgment on a nation, idolatry, immorality, killing the innocent, and dividing the land of Israel. Now, I have a special guest on today. His name is George Carneal, and uh, he authored a book, From Queer to Christ. Welcome to the program, George. Thank you for having me, Dr. Hanson. Now, the title of the book, From Queer to Christ, so you were in the homosexual community. Yes, for 25 years. Okay. Uh, So why don't you give us a little bit of your testimony? Uh, How did you become a believer in Jesus Christ? Well, my father is a pastor. I did grow up in the church, and I had a a pretty strong faith. I definitely believed in Jesus. I gave my life to Christ at seven. Uh, But through a series of events that I outline in my book, 
I detail what really led or laid the foundation for me going into the homosexual lifestyle. Okay. And having spent 25 years in there, I wanted to write a book just to share, hopefully to help Christians understand what it's like for someone who is struggling with their faith and a same-sex attraction and really what the pitfalls of that life are. Wow. You were 25 years in in a homosexual community. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how old were you then when you got out of it? I was 18 when I went in and 43 when I came out. 43. Wow. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that then, um, what you went through and what brought you out? Well, when I first went into the lifestyle, the foundation that had been laid, I was really bullied by my male peers and rejected by them. And I also didn't really have a close relationship with my father. So there was a real lack of male bonding. So when I went into the, a gay bar for the first time at 18, and guys were treating me differently than the way that I had been treated as a child, I really became addicted to that life. And I didn't realize it, obviously, hindsight, I realized that my need and desire to sleep with men was really from a void from within. And I was looking for a man or that male attention and affection to feel something that I didn't realize only God could feel. And so, having spent 25 years in sleeping with hundreds of guys, which is the norm, the promiscuity is really rampant in that community. But eventually, God started just to dismantle the lies. And through a series of events, which I outline in the book, uh, really helped uh, me to wake up. And it was really the beginning of leaving that lifestyle. Wow. So, you slept how many men? Hundreds. Hundreds. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's the norm. That's not an exception. It's a very promiscuous lifestyle. Right. And I'm not proud of it. I'm not bragging. That's just what I was looking for something to fill that void. Well, I'll tell you, um, people don't understand what is in that community. Uh, The LGBTQ is trying to uh, promote it as just an alternate lifestyle, safe. Yet in that community, what I've studied, there's there's a lot of lawlessness. There's a lot of real perversiveness, uh, pedophilia, everything. Tell us a little bit about that lifestyle, what you found uh, when you got into it. I was surprised looking back how quickly I descended once I went into that lifestyle. At first, it was fun. It felt good. So, of course, you go with your feelings, which is what liberals do. And I thought this feels right. So, this is what God wants. And and this is who I am. But as time went on, I was becoming more the sadness was just starting to kick in. Something wasn't filling that void. And within three years, I was battling drugs and alcohol. I was I had a sex addiction and I turned to prostitution and uh, eventually attempted suicide. And it would still be another 22 years before I can get out of that life. And so, Dr. Hanson, what a lot of people don't realize, and this is no different than a woman who sits in a bar and sleeps with a lot of men. There's brokenness. There are some real root core issues that many of us are dealing with from train, from shame, trauma, shame, uh, rejection, et cetera. But it was just really, I didn't know that God was someone who could help because I, you know, a lot of the LGBT community, they are raised to believe that God hates fags and fags are going to hell. He created AIDS to kill the homosexuals. You hear that kind of stuff. And it stole my hope. So, I never thought that God was the answer. And so, I was looking for it through sex, through drugs, through alcohol, through Hinduism, through the occult, New Age teachings. I really went down a lot of paths just trying to find something to fill that void. 
and I couldn't find it. But eventually, God revealed Himself, and and through a series of events, uh, just started to awaken me and uh, drew me back to Him. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, I want to get into that how you came out of it, but uh, I also want to go a little bit uh, because again, the LGBTQ is trying to portray themselves as this uh, very safe community when. Uh, I understand there's just a lot of lawlessness, there's even rape, there's abuse, and people aren't safe in that community. Would you like to talk a little bit about that, George? Yes, it is a very dangerous and destructive lifestyle. It's the domestic violence issue for gay men is there, just like it is in the heterosexual community. But some may be surprised to find that even in the lesbian community, the domestic violence rates are much higher. And that is something that's not often spoken of in the media. Additionally, just aside from the sexually transmitted diseases, which AIDS is hardly ever talked about anymore. But we but the older gay men, we remember a time when I came out, people were just dropping like flies. And I knew somebody who had lost, I think, 50 friends by the time he was 25. Wow. And just stopped counting at that point. Not to mention the danger of meeting strangers on the apps or back in the day when they didn't have the internet, you know, in parks or back alleys or the dirty bookstores or what have you, you really run the risk of being drugged, raped, robbed, and murdered. It's commonplace. And I had a friend of mine who was very close to me who was murdered by someone he met on an app. So it happens. I was sexually assaulted twice and those things do happen. And so when Christians feel that they are doing a service to those individuals by affirming them because you think, well, this is the right thing to do. Love is love. And Jesus is all about love. You really have no idea what you are pushing them into because the outside world is only getting a bird's eye view of what the homosexual community is like from the mainstream media and Hollywood. You really have no idea how dangerous and destructive that lifestyle is. I have seen gorgeous men who were professionals who had successful businesses get involved in that life, get on drugs, party to the point of where they lost everything. They turned to prostitution, became HIV positive. Some went into the porn industry. I have seen the casualties in that, life, in that lifestyle, not only with that, within, but even with the transgender individuals. So it's, you're really pushing them into a lifestyle where they're not only not going to have any peace, but you're pushing them into further rebellion against God. And sadly, I had to lose 25 years of my life and a lot of heartache to figure this out. Wow. So you're actually pushing them into, uh, if we want to say destruction, where you're not yes. just uh, tolerating them, but you are destroying them. I mean, uh, again, they're trying to be portrayed as uh, this is a normal lifestyle. Uh, it's an alternate lifestyle and live and let live. And uh, these are kind, good people. But uh, what you're saying is there's just a lot of problems in that community from lawlessness to rape, anger, um yeah, George? I mean, the whole thing that they try to purport that we're a very loving, tolerant, caring, inclusive, respectful community, it's a bunch of crap, to be quite honest with you. They are just as hypocritical and outrageous and two-faced as many of the Christians that they rail against. Yes, we have some within the Christian community who could learn to better understand the heart of Christ and have more empathy and compassion and have more love. 
but there are many within the LGBT community who could use this a lesson in that as well. They are just as hateful. So we need to stop this sitting on our high horses acting like, you know, one community is worse than the other. They both have their faults, but there are also some good people in the Christian community who really have a, the compassion and the heart of Christ and they care about these individuals. They are broken. It is a broken community and we really and being that I was in it, I understand the need for compassion and empathy. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've just tuned into the warning program, whether you're listening or watching, this is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, president of World Ministries International, as well as Eagles Saving Nations. Go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. Please join Eagle Saving Nations today. We have got to have a national revival, a national repentance. We've got to have a great awakening. That's worldministries.org. Join Eagles Saving Nations. Special guest, George Carneal. He authored the book, From Queer to Christ. Uh, George, why don't you tell us a little bit about your book? Well, I wanted to write the book to give Christians some insight into this issue and to also, at the end of the book, I take all of the talking points of the LGBT activists and the liberal theologians. So if there are Christians who are a little gun shy about witnessing to these individuals, if you'll read it and familiarize yourself with those talking points, which I debunk with scripture, it will better equip you in terms of dismantling the lies that they've come to believe because most of the LGBT individuals are not going to sit down and read God's word to find out the truth for themselves. So that was number one. But number two, I wanted parents who have LGBT children who are distraught because it's breaking families apart. A lot of the kids are abandoning their faith, cutting themselves. They're in and out of mental institutions, attempting suicide. Some have successfully done that. There's a lot of issues, but I want them to know that there is hope and to hopefully see what to do and what not to do in handling this situation and to understand this is something, nothing that God can't handle. And then lastly, for the LGBT individuals who've been brainwashed by the lies, I hope they will read it. And if they can get honest with themselves and say, I really am not happy in this life. All I would say to them is that no matter how you feel, even if you feel like a piece of garbage that God could never love you and you're feeling suicidal, I've been there, but I want you to know if God can transform my life, he can do it for you. And all I'm saying is this, you have nothing to lose by giving God a chance. And he is your best ally and Jesus loves you. Well, that's wonderful, George. You know, I'm curious, how did you get out of that lifestyle? How did you really come to know the Lord as Savior? Because that's what it took. How, how did you become a real Christian? By the end of my time in that lifestyle, and sometimes the gay men will come at me and they hate me for saying this, but... I left the lifestyle about a year, year and a half before God even became part of the equation. I still wasn't sure God wanted to have anything to do with me. I told God I hated him. I hated Christians. I, didn't even, I wasn't even sure God loved me, but God was so gracious and good. And I want to say this, especially to parents who have LGBT kids. If you think that your child is too far gone, even when I was so fully immersed in that life, one night I was going into a gay bar with some friends and God turned down everything all of the noise around me. And he actually said to me, if you were to die tonight, would you go to hell? And it stopped me in my tracks. And sadly, I dismissed God. I wanted nothing to do with him. And I'm so thankful he didn't take my life. But the point is this, even when you think your kids are so involved in this darkness that God is not even there, I can't tell you the number of times God showed up, even when I should have been dead. And I was in some very dangerous situations. So I outlined this in the book, 
but I say this to encourage Christians because we have the power because of prayer. And so, Dr. Hansen, for me, because of the Christians in my life who weren't woke and they were willing to be honest and speak the truth of God's word in love, they kept me tethered to God and just keeping me grounded and just reminding me how much he loves me, but this lifestyle is wrong and it's an abomination. And uh, it just took some time, but God really worked on me and helped me through it. Wow. Pedophilia. You want to discuss that a little bit? Yes. I've been warning for years in media interviews that the end goal of this is really to not only legalize pedophilia, but at some point bestiality. And people laughed at me. And now they're starting to see while they are grooming the public to start accepting the fact that pedophiles, it's really more of a sexual orientation. And what people don't realize is that the end goal, the agenda behind the agenda is once they legalize pedophilia, if you continue to support a party that supports these policies, and that's the Democratic Party, and I'm not trying to get uh, political, but the facts must be stated. If they can legalize this and get it to happen, the day will come where when grown men and women want to have sex with your children and grandchildren, if you dare to balk and they put this under the LGBT umbrella, you risk being arrested for a hate crime. And this is the end goal of what they are going to push for. And right now, I know in Germany, the bestialists are demanding that the laws be overturned to legalize that. In Spain, they recently have legalized bestiality. So the more that this continues that we go down this slippery slope, the more of the perversion is going to be legalized and protected, whereas everything that is godly and good and holy is going to be criminalized. And the end goal is to really shut Christians up and shut all opposition up to this agenda. How do you think that uh, such a small percentage of people have turned the mindset worldwide around. Do you see this just as as the homosexual? Uh, they have such a great, what should we say, a, a, a such a programming and spokesman that they can they can turn things around, or is there something far greater, like the United Nations and the uh, One World Government, that that is really attacking Christ and trying to turn things upside down? Definitely the latter, but. I will say this. One thing I've noticed about gay men, they know how to mobilize and get things done. And they have money and they have power. And the tentacles in the media and advertising and in the political realm and so many other areas, they've gained a lot of control. But when you also have a complicit media and uh, the Democratic Party and the world leaders and the globalists all backing it as well and, and criminalizing, there is a huge monster machine that is supporting and pushing this and giving them the power that they need and slowly crushing the opposition. Well, I believe it. I mean, in America, if you know anything about what's going on right now, this is a communist uh, takeover. We're in a coup in progress and only the church can stop this insanity. But most of the church is so dysfunctional, they don't seem to understand what's going on. But yeah, uh, yeah, you have the world elite, the United Nations, uh, supported by the United States that are pushing this new world order mentality uh, coming against the old world order of Judeo-Christian values. And so we're, we're in really a lot of trouble. We're fighting way more than just one or 2% of the world's population. People don't understand the spirit behind this whole thing. Uh, George? Dr. Hansen, this is what infuriates me, at least since I've been out of that lifestyle. I remember decades ago when I was trying to get help from pastors, People didn't want to deal with the homosexuals. We don't know how to deal with you. Just leave. Let's not talk about it. 
When I come back now and say, hey, God brought me out of that lifestyle, I'm finding that most of the churches are compromised now. They fully embrace the LGBT agenda. Now I'm rejected. And it's just laughable as at, in terms of what has happened to the church. And I'm so disgusted by the gutless pastors who stand in the pulpit and they fully embrace it, even people like Andy Stanley. And they really have no idea because they have no fear of God. It's really just a fear of people. They're compromised themselves, and they have no idea how they are harming the individuals by pushing this agenda. And additionally, when you have these Christians who sit in these churches who want their ears tickled, and they're not going to say or do anything, because most have the mindset of, oh, well, what can we do? Jesus is going to return soon anyway. Who cares? And God tells us to occupy until Jesus returns. So you've got a lot of lukewarm, apathetic individuals within the church who are so compromised and gutless, and they won't allow people like me into the churches to sound the alarm. Thank God there are some pastors out there who have allowed me to speak at conferences and go into the churches and sound the alarms, but not only that, to talk to the children because they are so groomed with this nonsense in the media and in the movies and the music industry um, and even in the school system. They won't even allow me to come in and give a different narrative and try to warn about the reality and the danger of what is going on. So it's really a frustrating thing. Well, I understand what you're fighting. You know, the Bible talks about principalities and powers of darkness. And uh, again, there is a world elite that's pushing a new world order, a one world government. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, they are directly against God and Christians are in the target. They're in the limelight as far as uh, with a bullseye on their back. So they want to take God out of the equation. Uh, They want to take, again, the family out of the equation as far as man and woman, because that's the government of God on earth. And so this is a direct assault, if you want to say, on God himself, the true God, the living God. And uh, pastors themselves, you know, they've compromised we are supposed to be salt and light, rule and reign, occupy, take dominion. But instead, we've allowed culture to influence us instead of we're influencing the culture. Mm-hmm. So uh, I totally agree with you. We have, we, we're in a situation where pastors, for a great deal, uh, they've lost their first love and they're compromising. And um, we're in deep trouble because the church is sick. Uh, mm-hmm. George? I absolutely agree. And the other thing for... The pastors who have been in the churches and stand in the pulpit and they rail against the homosexuals and the sodomites with such fury, but yet they're soft on the adultery and the sleeping, having sex outside of marriage or people living together. I find it hypocritical. Totally. But then secondly, when the LGBT individual leaves that lifestyle, Dr. Hansen, this is the dilemma. The LGBT community is going to turn on them. They turned on me. And so when I went into a church, I needed a support system. And most of these individuals who go into these churches, you have pastors and Christians who are ill-equipped to deal with the individuals trying to get out of that lifestyle. And that's why people like me are desperately trying to help Christians understand this issue so they can better help these people. But once these individuals get into the church and they are not finding a support system, they fall back into that lifestyle because at the end of the day, We are all lonely or we want to love and be loved. We want some kind of companionship or family or friends around us. And it's the loneliness and the isolation that sends them back into the community. And the church has got to wake up and stop sticking their heads in the sand and not, oh, I don't want to hear anything that's uncomfortable until you understand this issue and what people face in that lifestyle and what they need when they're coming out 
just like anyone who's dealing with drugs, alcohol, pornography, the best way to help them is to be armed with the information so you can be better equipped to help them. That's what they need. Well, I totally agree. Uh, transgenderism, you know, uh, if we want to say trans transition surgeries, uh, uh, infection, hormone imbalance, indoctrination, uh, uh, President Biden pushing to do uh, surgeries for these children. You know, that's flat out child abuse. And uh, I mean, whoever thought that a president or anybody else in authority would ever be speaking how they're speaking today, but they are. And, and what do you think about these surgeries that they're promoting? I think every doctor, first of all, I think every counselor who affirms it and puts them on the fast track to then meet with the doctor and the doctor who then just fast tracks them through the surgeries and every parent who affirms this, they all need to be arrested and the, and the medical professionals need to lose their licenses. And these counselors and medical people need to spend decades in prison and they need to be held accountable for this child abuse. They're not stopping and listening to the transgender individuals who are detransitioning who are on social media crying and expressing how they were duped. They were guinea pigs. They should have been given counseling versus cross-sex hormones or cross-sex surgeries. And when they talk about the complications, the botched surgeries, the infections, one girl I know has had over 30 surgeries to correct the initial botched surgery that she got. And just the heartbreaking stories you hear, not to mention what the cross-sex hormones do to the body and increasing the risk of strokes, heart attack, blood clots. And then once they have the surgeries, I don't want to get graphic, but if you could listen to the stories of what happens to the men once their male anatomy is removed and what they have to go through, and for the females who have their bottom surgery, once they get on the the cross-sex hormones, if they don't have the bottom surgery, they risk the increase of ovarian cancer. And there's a whole onslaught just infertility uh, of issues that uh, happen as a result of getting on this. And no one wants to talk about it because the media is complicit and they all just want to say, oh, you can walk in, do this plastic surgery, and that's all it is. And you can become someone of the opposite sex. They can't change the chromosomes, their DNA, and God certainly doesn't make mistakes when assigning our gender. So for these Christians who support the Democratic Party and support these policies, basically you are saying to God, you made a mistake and we're going to correct this. And I would hate to be you on Judgment Day. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, you're listening and watching The Warning Program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, President of World Ministries International, as well as Eagles Saving nations. Please go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. Once again, worldministries.org. You can sign up for my free pastoral articles that go out twice a month, absolutely free. You can donate to keep us on your local radio or television station and join Eagle Saving Nations. We need to have another great awakening. We've got to have a national revival. We're trying to get into the NFL stadiums, the NBA stadiums, the civic centers, and let Pentecost once again come down so Christians move with power and authority instead of fear and intimidation. The other side is trying to intimidate the People that call themselves Christians and keep their mouth shut when truth takes away deception, prayer brings conviction. If we don't, once again, get back to Pentecost like Peter, who was afraid, a coward, a liar, he ran and hid, he lied. And then once he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he spoke boldly and 3,000 were saved. You know, George, we've got to have another great awakening. Exactly. And Dr. Hansen, you nailed it. Until the Christians 
in this country repent and show true remorse and say, God, we have failed you. We should have taken the lead. We should have been telling the truth all along instead of worrying about offending people. Until they do that, I don't see this turning around. And I, and like you, I really believe God's judgment is going to be soon if the church doesn't wake up. It's very distressing to me. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to have another great awakening. The only thing that's going to stop this insanity is if the church will stop it. If not, the republic's going to fall. And I'm telling you, Christians are going to be incarcerated. We are going to be incarcerated other than those that go along with the devil. And many will continue to compromise and they'll continue to do exactly what the government said. When Romans 13 says all authority is under a higher authority, that means, you know, communists like to use Romans 13, communist governments. But yet that means all authority is under a higher authority, which is God. And so if the government is in violation of the morality of God, we are supposed to come against that government as far as their laws, their policies, civil disobedience. You know, when they tried to close down the churches, I went on the air on radio and television and I said, pastors, don't close down. Uh, This is totally unconstitutional. They have no right to close us down. And I'll tell you what, but most pastors go right along with the government. It doesn't matter if it's a communist government or not. They go right along with them because, again, they have a, a relationship with God that is not filled with an ongoing, if we want to say, baptism of the Holy Ghost. George? Dr. Hansen, what I would say to the individuals listening, if they knew what was happening in Sweden, Canada, the UK, Germany, and France, it's so tyrannical in these countries that if you dare to post anything against the LGBT community, and in some instances, Islam, the police will show up at the door and arrest you. I also know of instances of where parents who didn't affirm their children who were wanting to transition, or they wouldn't even call their child by the preferred name or the preferred pronoun. The police also showed up and arrested them, and some have had the children removed from their home. This is how tyrannical the laws are in other countries, and you need to keep an eye on California because they are already pushing laws that will eventually trickle across the U.S. If people knew how dangerous this was getting, they're not going to stop. They're not your friend, and the only thing I can do is say the day is coming where if you dare to speak out on any of this, you are going to be arrested and have your life destroyed. People better wake up and fight back against this agenda now. And by that, it means we must absolutely destroy liberalism, stop voting Democrat. We must absolutely flood the House and the Senate with, uh, or Congress uh, with good God-fearing Christians. So maybe get on the school boards as well and keep that Uh, sex ed curriculum garbage out of the school system, but go to God. And if he's leading you to to get into politics, we could turn this whole thing around if we could really get God-fearing Christians on board and to flood uh, our government with with Christians. Worldministries.org, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Keep me on your local radio and television station. Give your best donation. Join Eagle Saving Nations. I'm going to have George Carneal on again next week. Eagles Saving Nations. Please go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. Check it out. As well as study Eagle Saving Nations and become a member today. We have to have another great awakening. If we don't have another great awakening, we are going to lose the republic. And I'm telling you, millions of people are going to die. You won't believe. Some people can't comprehend unless you're doing study, unless you're listening 
on independent news. How sinister, how evil man has become, even governments. They're all in bed with a new world order. They want to depopulate the world. A lot of these things they're trying to tell you that is supposed to prevent disease is causing disease. You need to really understand the signs of the times and attend a church where the pastor is in tune with reality and teaching you to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ, being salt, not going along with the flow, because society right now has influenced the church, and the church was the one that was supposed to influence society. We were supposed to be the moral compass of society, of the government. We're supposed to correct them and guide them. Instead, it seems like anything they say, we just follow suit. We have been led by the Pied Piper, and we're going off the cliff. In the studio with me also is Dr. Buckhart. He's been with me since 1998, dean over our Bible schools. Used to be an airline pilot with Northwest Airlines, flew the jumble jets. And he understands the situation as far as if you don't know how to fly a plane, you crash. Seems like people behind the pulpit don't know how to, if you want to say, guide a church and we're crashing. EJ? I agree with that 100%. I just want to ask people, you know, Eagle Saving Nations, I'm sure you've looked on the website and seen it. But you need to take this seriously. As a pilot, we train very consistently for emergencies, engine failures, fires, everything else that can happen. We're highly trained for that area to expect the incident to happen. But when you get in that airplane and you're sitting there and you pull out on the runway, you take those four throttles in your hand and you push those forwards. And I always did myself. I pray, Lord, be with this flight and give us a safe flight to have God behind me. But at the same time, if you just don't think, oh, I just pushed the throttles forward and everything will be fine. You have to be prepared because that engine could fail. And you're looking at the possibilities. If you're not ready for it, you could easily end up crashing an airplane. You have to be prepared. Eagle Savings Nation is preparing us for a possible crash. Do we want the crash? No. But we have to go and train to be ready to able to handle that particular incident that may happen. I remember one incident I had flying the airplane. We had taken off out of Osaka, Japan, headed back to Detroit, Michigan. The other captain and co-pilot had gone back for the rest. We have two captains and two co-pilots. We split the flight. And they'd just gone back to rest. And all of a sudden, a flight attendant comes up and says, uh, a passenger's complaining to me. He sees sparks coming out of the number three engine. Well, that automatically starts your mind to thinking. So the first thing I did, I said I had the pilot call the other captain and co-pilot up. So they came into the cockpit. They looked back there, and they saw the flashes. Now, we called the company, and the company says, oh, what you want to do, I want you to land at Tokyo. Turn around, go back, and land at Tokyo. And I looked at the other captain, and I says, you know, something here doesn't seem right. All the engines are running good. The instruments are running good. Everything's running good. No sign of anything. And I says, we'll have to dump fuel. And why dump fuel? If we can fly for another two hours, and if we still have the problem, the engine running, and we have to go back, well, we saved all that fuel. And I called the company, and the company said, no, we want you to go back. And I, I overrode the company. I says, no. And the co-pilot came back. He says, you know what, EJ? He says, I remember a mechanic telling me they put a certain type of a glue on certain things in the engine. And if that were to come out, it would leave sparks. So what he was seeing as the sun was setting behind us, he saw these sparks flying out of the engine. It wasn't fire. It was just sparks. 
And I said, well, why don't we wait until dark? Well, when it got dark, everything was fine. We flew on, continued back to Detroit, and landed safely. You know, you have to plan. When you have an emergency coming at you, like we have here in America, in Eagle Saving Nations, we have to plan ahead and be ready for that. And the pastors at the present time, if your pastor's not willing to work on this issue, Lord, to understand the signs of the time, as you as members of your congregation, you ask the pastor or demand the pastor that he gets involved. And if he doesn't, then you find a pastor that will and join that church and join someone so and have them come and join Eagle Saving Nations. We need to save this country. We are living in a very serious times. If you look at the paper, the abominations going on in this country, God does not like. I don't know how he's even lasting as long as he did with all the abominations. And we talked about that early in another program. But it's time for us to be prepared for those times that are coming so we can have a safe journey and a safe landing. Once again, go to my website, please, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. And study the goals of the agenda. What we're trying to do with Eagles Saving Nations. Once again, we want to get into the stadiums, NFL stadiums, NBA stadiums, other stadiums in countries around the world, because every nation is coming under the pressure of the world elite, of the New World Order, the United Nations, and they're trying to bring us into a one-world government. The goal of Eagles Saving Nations... Get into the stadiums. Let's give teaching, strategy, exhortation. Let the power of the Holy Spirit come down like at the day of Pentecost where Peter, when he was a coward, when he lied, when he hid, when he ran, instead, after he was baptized, he came forth with power and authority and truth again, took away deception. 3,000 people were saved because he no longer was intimidated. Today, the church is intimidated. They have to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Again, the purpose of Eagles saving nations, to save America, because the church right now is keeping its mouth shut other than isolated churches. But generally speaking, you don't hear the voice of the church. The government is becoming the moral yardstick of the nation, and the church is supposed to be the moral yardstick. Instead, the government is telling us what to believe, and we're following suit, like homosexuality, alternate lifestyles. This is so sinful. It's apostate. It's heretical. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to have another great awakening or the science of judgment is going to happen. And I'm telling you, we're going to lose our freedoms because they're trying to have a communistic takeover right now. We're going to lose our freedoms and the church is the bullseye unless they compromise. A lot of the churches are compromising. They're going to be puppets of the new world order. But if you're going to stand strong for Jesus Christ and not compromise, you will be persecuted. You will be arrested and you will probably be killed. Again, you're listening to World Ministries International. This is the warning program with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. EJ, what do you think of those comments? I agree with 100%. And I'm thinking when you're talking about Pentecost came to my mind in the church. After Pentecost, after the Spirit fell upon Peter, he became a tremendous man of God. And I think the church has forgotten about the Holy Spirit. Even though every church celebrates Pentecost, I don't think they really understand the true nature of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit comes in and moves in your life, changes your life, and turns the church around from going the worldly order. We need a Pentecost within the church, a filling of the Holy Spirit to come back into the church and allow the church, allow the Holy Spirit to guide and direct them, not the government, not the socialism, not the customs of the government, but the Holy Spirit needs to drive and guide us in all that we do. Then we can have victory. 
I'm going to read a couple paragraphs from my article written March 2013. Again, go to my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. You can sign up for my free pastoral articles that come out twice a month. But again, the religious left and the lukewarm churches. Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand. This truth explains why America is losing its soul. It explains why the United States of America has lost the battle in most arenas of government, education, entertainment, media, art, business, and religion. The church is divided. The Christian community has lost its first love. The unadulterated truth of Jesus Christ as the Messiah and the Bible as the authentic expression of God's character, morality, and will to mankind. This must be accepted as absolute truth to guide the nation's laws, politics, television programs, school curriculum, etc. Instead, the majority of Christians either attend churches with a Marxist slant or they attend churches where their pastors have lost their first love and do not have the faith or strength to lead their congregations with absolute truth. These pastors now compromise their role as spiritual and moral leaders of a nation. Consequently, America continues to be led by people with an ideology in direct contradiction of the Word of God. These spineless pastors do nothing but pray as they cannot lead. Prayer by itself is a sin and a coward's way out of avoiding the responsibility of fulfilling the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. We're commanded to make disciples by speaking, preaching, teaching, and correcting, not avoiding conflict and persecution. EJ? Yes, that's so true. And as you were talking, I think Christianity today in the churches, it seems as though most members of churches, it's a once a week, one to two hours on Sunday, and that's the Christianity. The rest of the week, they go about their normal business, and what do you do then? You just hear everything that's going on in the world. You don't have Christ speaking to you. You have the world speaking to you. And if you only give a few hours a week to the Lord, this is what's going to happen to your nation. This is what's going to happen within the church. The church is going to be dead, except on that Sunday morning. It may be a little bit alive, but then it dies down when they leave that church. Even though I'm a strong advocate of being under authority, I think that some denominations can become led by doctrines of demons, which change the scriptures and become rebellious against the absolute truth found in the Bible. As I explained in my article, Christianity and Capitalism versus Marxism and the Green Agenda, we are in a war of trying to remain a republic under God with inalienable rights for the individual to pursue life, liberty, property, and happiness. The alternative is a Marxist ideology that pushes the state elite in charge of people, serfs, like operating in communist countries where the people are controlled to supposedly preserve the environment by taking away people's rights, liberty, and property. In such, the elite live as kings at the expense of the inferior serfs. In these countries, true born-again believers are persecuted by other Christians who turn them into the state or in turn arrest them for not complying with the government beast laws. This is what the book of Revelation warns will happen to any nation where the church fails to be salt, leading the nation under Jesus Christ, Matthew 5, 13. EJ? 
Yeah, that goes in the line with discernment. The church and the pastors, we have to have discernment to see through the lies and deceptions of the enemy because what we're seeing now in the world, especially here in the United States, is the deception, the lies of the enemy, and the church is not seeing that deception. And even in the Bible, it says at the end times, even if my elect could be deceived. So in other words, God knew that there's coming a time where even the elect, if they're not careful and they don't have discernment, they don't have filled with the Holy Spirit, they can be deceived, and we're seeing that deception alive. Well, we're f- seeing again church rise against church and coming against godly pastors that stand up for the truth. I remember I spoke for the National Day of Prayer in our community, as you know, seven out of nine years, and just a solid godly message <laughs> backing God's morality, Judeo-Christian yeah. values and beliefs, America as far as a nation under God, and who would come against me? A couple pastors. Oh, yes. Oh, not yes. the heathen, not the <laughs> pagan. I had a standing ovation, but yet a couple pastors, EJ. Yeah. Well, who came against Jesus? It was the religious leaders that came against Jesus. We have to kind of expect it's going to be religious leaders coming against us. And we have to understand that denominationalism is of the devil. That divides unity. In a church that says we're supposed to have unity, we're supposed to gather as one, and this church is so split through denominationalism that we think our denomination is correct, theirs is wrong, but we don't want anything to do with them. What we're supposed to do is enjoy Jesus and let Jesus be our unity. Well, what I was really getting at is Christians cooperating with a government and coming against other Christians that will stand up for Judeo-Christian values and not compromise, like we don't believe in alternate lifestyles. Right. Yet, a lot of churches will back the government oh, yeah. and call up and turn you in, EJ. Yeah, that's very true. And I think that's, we're going to see that more and more. Matter of fact, if you just look at the news in the last month, we're seeing that where Christians, like a young boy, took his Bible to school, and he got kicked out because he took his Bible to school. And a lady that prayed silently in front of an abortion clinic, and they arrested her. And she was just praying silently. She wasn't even praying verbally. She was just praying. And they're coming against Christians like you cannot believe. Again, ladies and gentlemen, this is World Ministries International. You're watching The Warning Program. I'm Dr. Jonathan Hansen, the president of World Ministries International and Eagles Saving Nations. Go to my website, worldministries.org worldministries.org that's worldministries.org see what we have in Eagle Saving Nation sign up for it be a member of it we've got to have a national revival a great awakening again worldministries.org you can give I do encourage you to give so we can continue these type of programs on your local radio television station you need to join Eagle Saving Nations my phone number, 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. Once again, 360-629-5248. A guest, Dr. E.J. Buckhart, Reverend Buckhart. And uh, we're discussing the religious left and lukewarm churches. I'm using as my guideline an article I wrote clear back in March 2013. It's like I wrote it today. The communist organization known as the Federal Council of Churches is the forerunner of the National Council of Churches with its Geneva parent organization, the World Council of Churches. The NCC leads dozens of Protestant Orthodox Anglican denominations, including Presbyterian, Episcopalian, 
Evangelical Lutheran, United Methodist, and many others. There are good people attending these churches, yet it does explain why many of the pastors are so liberal, backing the United Nations with anti-Judeo-Christian morality agenda of abortion, homosexuality, and all religions serving the same God. Again, mainline churches. What did we just read they were under? The Federal Council of Churches, a communist organization. They back sin. They back abortion, homosexuality. These are half of the churches in America. EJ? It's interesting. When you're talking about this, I think about people that call in that have never just heard your messages on the radio or on the, on the television. They call up and they said, man, why aren't people preaching like this? We don't ever hear this thing. We don't hear this type of message. And, and knowing what we're seeing in our society, this is what they need to hear. Thank you for giving the message out. So people listening, hey, tune in and tell your friends about it because here you're getting the truth. And the truth is what sets us free. That is what we need to hear. And give it, we need your, all you help to do is continue to get this message out because people need to hear it. It's that simple. Also refer to my article, The Christian's Great Commission. It explains the responsibility of pastors, according to Romans chapter 13, to hold civil governments responsible to a higher authority, not cooperating with governments that contradict the word of God. Today, we have many pastors who are worthless pawns of a corrupt government, causing the people to back morality instead of, and I'm talking about the world's morality, which is immorality, according to the Bible, instead of rising up against it to ensure freedom. EJ? Yeah, in the... You know, the churches nowadays that, that I know of or speak of, they speak about love. You know, Jesus is love. God is love. He's got unconditional love for us. And they talk about love, love, love. But they forget the fact that God is a God of judgment. And this is where our ministry comes in, is the fact that we teach that, yes, God loves us, but he's also a God of judgment. He does not put up with uh, immorality and all of these sorts of things, homosexuality, abortion. I mean, that is totally against him. And uh, you can love these people that are involved in it. Yeah, we have to do that, but we cannot approve of what their lifestyle is when it goes against the word of God. And so we need to stand strong and we help hope people stand with us because this is what can save this nation. The government, communist governments always tell you, listen to Romans 13. <laughs> yeah. But they don't tell you that Romans 13 tells us to hold governments to a higher authority. That's God. Right. And if governments don't follow God, we're supposed to disobey the government. And the government's what supposed do you to think, be good. What do you think the American Revolution was all about? <laughs> Amen. Disobeying a higher authority, government, right. yep. but obeying God. Right. See, this is not taught properly. Correct. Originally, this country had pastors who led the fight for freedom. Oh, yeah. Black Brigade. The pastors were the politicians, and in the educational institutions were backing absolute truth as taught in the Bible. People fled the old world where they were controlled and persecuted for worshiping Jesus, and they came to the new world, which became the United States of America, forming a nation where they could prosper under the laws of God. Again, pastors understood what made a nation prosper. They understood that the Bible gave individuals inalienable rights under God so they could own property and be free men. They formed the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, which protect citizens from any other form of ideology which could be used to enslave people. Ladies and gentlemen, 
we are under direct attack. E.J.? Yes, and I, when you talked about the Black Brigade, uh, the pastors in the pulpit, and they had on their black robes, and then when they got done preaching, they took off the black robes, grabbed their rifles, and they went to get the freedom for this nation. And freedom is not free. It never will be free. It costs people's lives. But we're willing to sacrifice our lives to get this truth out. Again, they formed the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, which protects citizens from any other form of ideology which could be used to enslave people's freedom by taking away their liberty and their property. When Britain tried taxation without representation and planned to force these free men to come under the yoke of slavery, the pastors led the charge to be a republic under God's government through absolute truth taught in the Bible. The pastors, as you said, the Black Robe Brigade, the pastors led it and became the officers in the American Revolution. Yes, you also mentioned the word republic. Uh, We're listening to a government now that says we, the Republicans, or President Trump is trying to destroy the democracy. Well, we stop to think. Democracy is a rule of the masses. So the Democratic Party wants to be a democracy. They want to be ruling that way. Where republic is not that way. And so people have to be careful. Yes, we're we're for a republic, not for a democracy. And so you got to understand, when they use their word democracy, it's coming against anything that's biblical. Because our biblical, our, our country and constitution is found on biblical principles. Again, we're supposed to be under a republic, meaning under a God, a true God is Amen. taught in the Bible, not mob rule where people can do what's wrong. And just because there's more people wanting to commit immorality like Sodom and Gomorrah, then we have to follow it. No, we're supposed to be under God. And that's the difference. We're supposed to be a republic. Amen. Now, the following quote is taken from the May 2012 Tribulation Watch newsletter. At the beginning of the American Revolution, when Paul Revere set off on his famous ride, it was to the home of Reverend Jonas Clark in Lexington. Patriots leaders like John Hancock and Adams turned to a pastor, Clark, and inquired of him whether the people were ready to fight. Clark unhesitantly replied, I have trained them for this very hour. And once the sound of the battle subsided, some 18 American lay on Lexington Green. Seven were dead, all from Reverend Clark's church. Headley, therefore, concluded, the teachings of the pulpit of Lexington caused the first blow to be struck for American independence, and historian James Adams added that the patriotic preaching of the Reverend Jonas Clark primed those guns. E.J.? Amen. You know, the word of the gospel says you must deny yourself. In other words, you must die to yourself and live for the Lord. Here's that pastor who said they're willing to die so that we could have our freedom. God says we're supposed to die to ourselves, so therefore we can fight the battle because we don't have to worry about our life. We know where we're going to end up, so we can fight the battle. If you die to yourself, how many people are willing to die to themselves? Very few. After leaving Lexington, the British crossed the Concord Bridge, then headed back to Boston, encountering the increasing American resistance on their return. Significantly, many who awaited the British along the road were local pastors, local pastors, which became known as the Black Robe Brigade Regiment. Pastors such as the Reverend Phillips Payton and Reverend Benjamin Bolch, who had heard the unprovoked British attack 
attack on Americans, took up arms, and then rallied their congregations to meet the returning British. A word of the attack spread wide and wider. Pastors from other areas also responded. Weeks later, when Americans fought the British at Bunker Hill, American ministers again delved headlong into the fray. For example, when Reverend David Grossvener got head, that battle had commenced when he heard it. He left his pulpit, rifle in hand, promptly marched to the scene of action, as did the Reverend Jonathan French. This pattern was common throughout the Revolution, as where the Reverend Thomas Reed marched to defense of Philadelphia against the British General Howe. The Reverend John Steele led American forces in attacking the British. The Reverend Isaac Lewis helped lead the resistance to the British landing at Norwalk, Connecticut. The Reverend Joseph Williard raised two full companies and then marched with them to battle. The Reverend James Lata, which many of his parishioners were drafted, joined with them as a common soldier. Did you hear this, EJ? The British were defeated because the church, the pastors, led the charge for freedom. They didn't keep their mouths shut. This is a call to you pastors out there. Our freedom in America was fought for pa- by pastors. If we want this country to be free, pastors, wake up. Wake up and fight the battle. Pastor just read a whole bunch of ministers that fought this battle for our freedom. Are you going to fight the battle for our freedom, or are you going to let us lose it? Pastors, it's in your hands. You've got to wake up and fight the battle. Ladies and gentlemen, the pastors of America in the past led freedom's charge. If the republic is going to continue to be free, they must lead it again, or the soul of America is lost, and so is freedom. Amen. Pastor, are you going to be a godly leader to keep America leading the cause of freedom and liberty throughout the world? Or are you going to be a redcoat and cooperate with a Marxist ideology and philosophy of politicians who are working against the spirit and the laws of God, who are working to destroy the morality and freedoms of the republic, ushering in persecution to loyal patriarchs and pastors by changing America toward a socialistic communistic Marxist government. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been watching, listening to the warning program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, president of World Ministries International and Eagle Saving Nations. My website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Once again, worldministries.org. 360-629-5248, You can go on my website or telephone and join Eagle Saving Nations, Amen. as well as give us your very best love offering so we can stay on your local radio and television station. If you want to send me a check, send it to World Amen. Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. That's World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. God bless you. Shannon? Dr. Hanson, this was an excellent broadcast today. Just a couple things I want to mention. Thank you, first of all, for bringing on George Carneal, author of the book From Queer to Christ. I've known George for several years. He's a good friend, and he is the most articulate speaker you will find anywhere on this subject of the sodomite invasion that has overtaken America. Excellent speaker. He's bullseye of truth. Something also I wanted to mention, and I've sent you a link to investigate. You may already be aware of this. 
but I'm looking into it myself. Have you heard of a thing called the Abrahamic family house? It's been set up in Abu Dhabi. And basically, there is a mosque, a Christian church, and a Jewish synagogue on site. Yes. All three of these religions are being invited to worship together. They're saying we're worshiping the same God. And this was really inspired, according to the website, by the signing of a document on human fraternity by Pope Francis and one of the grand imams back in 2019. Now, I want to say this, and we don't have time to expand on it, but let me just leave this with you for thought. You know, for a long time, Dr. Hansen, I think the general consensus is the biggest threat to Christianity is Islam. We look at uh, Revelation where there's beheading of the saints. You know, I thought about, you know, who loves beheading? Well, clearly Islam has used that for their executions. But the more I look at this whole subject matter, I don't think the threat is Islam at all. I think the real threat is what y'all were talking about tonight. It's the compromised church and these new age churches that are coming to the forefront doing bizarre things like ordaining lesbian women, embracing homosexuality, all these jellyback churches that should be leading the charge to call out this sin and call the church to repent. And they're not doing it by and large. And I believe the real threat is not Islam, this is my personal thought, but it is going back to the same ones that persecuted millions of the true church before. And I'm talking about none other than the Roman Catholic Church under the Pope. Now, this Pope is off the res. Even staunch Catholic bishops are decrying the things that he is assimilating into the church. They're angry. This guy's a renegade. And I believe he could very well be whoever's the Pope at that time that the Antichrist appears will probably be the false prophet. I wouldn't doubt it one bit. But the Catholic Church under this Pope is, I think, the real danger. Because if you tie it in with what's going on over there with the Abrahamic family house and some of these other things that the Pope has been doing, trying to reel in all the, the religions back under the control of the Roman Catholic Church, it says they will persecute you. They'll kill some of you and think they're doing God a service. I think it will probably be this new one world church under the, the Vatican that is forming with all these offshoots out of, you know, what were conservative Christian churches that have went renegade. And I think that uh, up ahead, very soon, we're going to see the rise of persecution of the real church, real Christians. And it's not going to come from Islam. I'm here to tell you, it's going to come from those that call themselves Christians, some of these denominations that are doing crazy things right now. Many of these groups that will compromise and they'll come up and join with the Pope and these other religions, and then they're going to go after you and I, the true believer. I think it's going to be like uh, the same stage being set that we saw with the early church over in the book of Acts when Nero was in rule. They had to go underground. Nero was grabbing them up, turning them into human torches, sending them to the gladiators. I think we're going to see that, and the persecution is going to come from those that call themselves Christians but are not. They're worshiping another Jesus, another gospel. And I think it goes back to compromise. You know, we shouldn't have what we have going on in our country now. Communist takeover, rise of the Sodomites. I think it's happened because the church dropped the ball. And we did not continue to be salt and light, but compromise got in. And there's very few voices, such as the one we're hearing tonight, folks from 
Dr. Hansen and World Ministries International that are speaking the truth in a sea of compromise out there. I will also add on to this and keep my comment brief. If you look at Russia and you look at communist China, two of the world's greatest superpowers, they may have even jumped ahead of us. I know Russia's got more nukes than America does. They are anti-Islam. Russians put down an Islamic revolt in Chechnya a number of years ago, and China hates Islam. They've got a million Chinese Muslims, the Uyghurs, in concentration camps right now. Do you know of any Islamic nation that's going to be able to jump to the forefront and tell Russia or the CCP what to do? I don't see it. Turkey? Indonesia's got the greatest Muslim population in the world. They don't have much of a standing army. I've been here for almost eight years. They're not a threat to Christianity. Now, they're militant in what they believe, and they have been known to burn down a church. But you would have to actually subdue Russia and China first to get the upper hand and then go out and lead an Islamic jihad. I don't think Iran's going to do it. I mean, we're talking about two superpowers that hate Islam. I don't think the persecution that we need to look out for is going to come from Islam. I think that's misdirection. I believe it's going to come from the bloody Roman Catholic Church who has a long history of the Inquisition and going after people that were translating Bibles out of Latin into English. We know about all the stories, Wycliffe and all those, digging up some people only to burn them at the stake again. And this is sad, but sadly, we're going to see many denominations of the church side with them. You know, this has been a long time in the making, and this is going to be very radical what I'm saying, but I think it even goes back to changing the word of God. You know, the most hated book, Dr. Hansen, on planet Earth is the King James Bible. And you might be surprised at how many Christians hate that book. How can you hate God's word? But they do. It's a spirit. About 1880, 140 years ago, two guys, occultists, Horton Westcott, came in and they threw out the Textus Receptus, the majority text. They created their critical text based on the Vaticanus and the Alexandrian Sinaiticus manuscripts that didn't have much to back them up, maybe 40 documents versus 5,000 or more with the majority text. And they bushwhacked the church and they came in and released their critical text. It was like the greatest thing since white bread. And if you look at all the modern translations after the King James, almost every one of them threw out the majority text, threw the King James under the, the bus, and they went with Horton Westcott. And Westcott was an occultist. He would commune with the spirits of the dead saints, going to churches at night by himself. Who's he communing with? Demons. And they took that Bible and if you go and you do the study, and I'm sure you have, but others out there who haven't looked in this matter, just about every major translation today is based on the Horton Westcott or another corrupted manuscript by Nestle. King James is one of the last man standing. And, you know, I think when you compromise on the word of God, it's a slippery slope right into hell. Still hated to this day. And when you go back and look at that and you see how the Catholic Church lost control of the Bible. They had it one time where you had to go in and you hear the mass in Latin and you had to wait for the priest to translate it into English. You weren't allowed to have your own personal Bible. You would be arrested. You would be imprisoned. Your property confiscated. You would be killed, hunted down like a dog. And this is the Roman Catholic Church. And some years ago, they, you know, they came out with, well, we're sorry what we did. They're not sorry because this has been the plan all along to recapture the Bible, and now they want to rule the roost, 
and they want to recapture the world's religions and put it right under the Antichrist system that's being birthed out of the Roman Catholic Church. Final point, even the New King James Bible, the latest edition, threw out the majority text, and what have they replaced it with? The Vaticanus and the Sinaiticus. They went right back under the Babylonian church, bridged back to Babylon. They're just about all compromised now. That may not be a big point to some, but you know what? I think it's just uh, some of the, the fundamentals that talk about compromise in the church. And so I'm a sticker for it. I don't accept any other substitute. And it may be a hard version for some to read, but it's because we don't apply ourselves. How much time does the average Christian spend in the Bible? I can tell you about Muslims. They pray five times a day, and I know you've seen it too, being in some of these Muslim countries. They're hardcore. They put the Christian church to shame, and we're the laughing shame of the world. Our military, cross-dressers, homosexuality in the churches, Russia laughs at us. We were imploding, and I put all this blame square on the shoulders of the church. It's compromised. It goes very deep. And we need to be very careful because um, we're coming into a time of unparalleled persecution of the true believer. You will see a separation of the churches. Many will go under the Vatican, and they'll begin to persecute you and I, and we're going to be labeled as uh, the new terrorist, and they're coming for us. I don't think it can be avoided. I think we're going to see it very soon. Very soon, you're going to see the battle lines drawn, and it'll be very clear who's for the Lord and who's not. That's a lot. I just said, but I want you to look at the Abrahamic family house link I sent you. And there's another video that just popped up on my radar. I believe it was of the Holy Spirit, which gives some more detail into not only what the Pope is afoot doing, but a special emblem that he is wearing. And I saw Bill Gates wear the other day, something I had no idea was occurring. We're on a fast track here. I said all that to say this. uh, Thank you for your shows. They're valuable. And I love the uh, video entry you did with that eagle. I'm looking at that eagle, lone eagle, looking out over the nations. Thank you for what you're doing out there. You're making a difference. I'm done. Well, Shannon, I tell you what, I've always taught. I've been doing uh, conferences for 25 years, all-day conferences. And I've always taught that the Catholic Church was the most dangerous church on earth, not Islam, but Islam is being manipulated and used by the Catholic Church, by the Pope. It goes far beyond just this Pope, working to create a new world order with governments around the world, pulling all religions under its umbrella. You probably know that originally the Roman Catholic Church was illegal in America, uh, totally illegal because they understood what they did around the world to topple governments, what they did to persecute true Christians. Now they've, uh, you know, slipped back in and they're all through the government, as is Islam. But Islam and the Catholic Church, again, have worked together for a long, long time. I've written four articles on the next four wars, including the kings of the north and south colliding, the north and west colliding, the north and east colliding, and the Battle of Armageddon. I'll tell you what, the European Union, led by Germany and the Catholic Church, I'll tell you what, extremely dangerous. All of this I have taught for about 25 years, full-day conferences. So I'm on board with you. I've understood this. Uh, I've been to Abu Dhabi, and I know what the Pope is doing around the world. Final comment, the Vatican and the Pope, the Catholic Church, have never forgiven Protestants for the Protestant Reformation. And it took them centuries to do it, but it looks like, again, they've recaptured the word. I challenge anybody to go out there and look at what the base text is for modern translations 
and you're going to find out it is the minority text. To get the New King James, even. They recaptured it. There's a great documentary called The Bridge to Babylon. All modern Bibles lead back to Babylon. There we are. That's all I'm going to say. God bless you. Thank you for letting us take a part of this. And looking forward to hear more from George Carnell. God bless you, Shannon. Have a great weekend. Love you all. Thank you. Now here is my friend, Scott Farah, and he's going to help you with your business. Scott? Jesus teaches us that we should never do anything without making a plan first. Most small business owners fail to follow this biblical principle and do not have a written plan for where they want to be in one year, three years, five years. Yet every large business has a written plan. Many who wish to start their own businesses do not develop a plan first. This is one of the major reasons that 80% of all small businesses fail within the first five years. God worked through me to develop a unique educational program for business people. Quite frankly, this program has changed people's lives. If you currently own a business or if you're thinking about going into business for yourself, you need the independence program. Visit our website, independenceprogram.training, and if you choose to purchase this unique educational program, make sure that you use promo code WMI. It will give you a 5% discount. So if what you have just heard resonates with you, and if you care and you want to be an unsung hero, I implore you, please take a few seconds to call us today and leave a message with a short prayer for us. Because we need to know that you are with us and care enough to be part of the spark with us so that together we can move God to send a great awakening that can reverse the inevitability of God's coming judgment according to what God spoke in Jeremiah 18, 7, and 8. We believe that if you join hands with us, Together, we can save America from certain catastrophic judgment. So call now, okay? Dial 360-629-5248. And say a short prayer for us in your message. And leave your phone number too, okay? So one more time, 360-629-5248. Thank you and God bless.